The rustle of leaves through the wind. The hoot of an owl. Crickets. The crackle of a well-built campfire. The sounds of nature surround us all. If we can just find it through the noise of everyday life. If you follow the Scout Trail, it'll lead you to nature, to real-life skills, leadership, and much more for the youth of our great nation. Welcome to Scout On Chattanooga, a podcast designed to encourage and embrace youth leadership right here in our area. Now, from the scenic city, here's Sean Whitfield, Jared Pickens, and Cubmaster Kyle. Hello and welcome to another edition of Scout On Chattanooga. I am Sean Whitfield. Joining me is the CEO of Boy Scouts of America, Cherokee Area Council, Jared Pickens, and Cubmaster Kyle. Good afternoon, gentlemen. Woo! Wow, <laughs> man. Who do you think you are, Rick Flair? <laughs> <laughs> Styling and profiling. I was just I was just thinking, I was like, you know, Kyle, <laughs> you know, Sean's gonna ask us, you know, he's gonna make this big deal, oh CEO this and Mr. This and Cubmaster Kyle. And I'm like, how can I throw Sean off? I'm just gonna give him a big woo. <laughs> well, first of all, we've got to apologize to all of our listeners because Jared just busted everybody's eardrums <laughs> through their Apple iPods, so wherever they may be listening. <laughs> Do people still have iPods? No, I think he meant uh, the, to say AirPods. AirPods. He's a little too AirPods. old to know the difference. Yeah, it, it's, it's all the same to me. Yeah, AirPods. God. Oh, man. Oh, sorry, guys. There you go. Uh, that just goes to show you I'm not in the young generation. <laughs> I'm still I'm still living in the past. Oh, so, uh, so guys, uh, moon pies have been a uh, major topic I've noticed with the Boy Scouts. Uh, Kyle, tell Man, us about that. I just I think that we've been getting some incredible press from all of our partners um, in media across the Chattanooga area, and just if I could take a moment and just say thank y'all for you know reaching out to us and and wanting to talk about moon Absolutely. pies because you are making some huge sales um, for our kids, for our scouts in the uh, Boy Scouts of America. And uh, it's just incredible uh, what we're seeing out of uh, our um, units from all the sales they've been doing. I think somebody sold like $2,600 in a matter of like eight hours just this past weekend. So. Yeah. And what's incredible is that all that is going, you know, to help the local scouting. So it's a hyper-local product sold by hyper-local scouts for hyper-local activities in many situations. Um, Kyle, I want to add, well, I guess I have to call you Moon Pie Master, Kyle. Yeah. When we're talking about Moon Pies, because for those of you who don't know. <laughs> I have so many names. You do. You have many names. Um, Kyle Croft, otherwise known as Cubmaster Kyle for the podcast, is also our council Moon Pie Master, which means he's the head volunteer who helps organize uh, the effort. And Kyle, did you see this story that I posted yesterday on social? Oh yeah, the uh, holy cow! Moon pies and not cigarettes. Did you see I that? Thought Sean? That was awesome. So you, no, I didn't. So yesterday, there was a Cub Scout pack. Well, I saw it yesterday. Mm-hmm. It was a Cub Scout pack in Hickson, pack thirty twelve, Trinity Lutheran Church, and they had th- a picture of three girls who were Cub Scouts and had a little story from the leader, and it said that one of the Scouts had sold moon pies to a gentleman and they they finished the sale and he came back out from the grocery store because they were selling outside the grocery store mm-hmm. thank you kyle for coordinating all that and the gentleman said thanks to you guys i bought moon pies instead of cigarettes today 
and I was like, man, that is awesome. Yeah. Hashtag hmm. buy moon pies, not cigarettes. <laughs> hmm. Interesting. I, I told I told uh, another scout leader in, in Kyle's uh, pack that he needs a T-shirt that says that, mm-hmm. that you need to buy moon pies. <laughs> Not cigarettes. We can add that onto our um, activity uniforms. We can put it on the back of them. But isn't that great? I mean, because scouting is all about you know developing healthy lifestyles and mm-hmm. good habits, and uh, and here you have a scout that's impacting just a random guy mm-hmm. in a positive way. Kyle, you mentioned twenty six hundred dollars worth of moon pies. Approximately, how many moon pies would that be? How I'd, much are they each? <laughs> Well, it depends on how you buy them because you can get one box for ten dollars, or you can get a uh, three pack for twenty five with our sales. So, so a, a ten dollar box is how many? Twelve mini moon pies. Twelve, okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I mean, we have already sold thousands of moon pies, and we're only uh, a quarter of a way into our sales so far. So uh, it's absolutely incredible what our scouts are out there doing. And I've I talked about it with the media over the last few weeks, but. The, the Boy Scouts of America is all about earning our way. You know, nothing should be, we know that nothing should be given to us in life and we want to earn our way. And I think that these kids are out there and they're making it happen every single weekend with these show and sells. They're making sure that they get to go to summer camp next year. They're making sure that they get to be a Cub Scout for the next year. And they're having a blast while they're doing it. You should have seen some of our kids at our drive through sale a few weeks ago out there screaming at the cars with my dad. (laughs) 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 Uh, Just having a blast doing it. So I hope that everybody's, um, doing great on the moon pie sale and uh and many many congratulations to what you have already done and what i know that you're going to do over the next few weeks now you know cokes many soft drinks and products out there advertise uh, sugar-free or zero sugar does moon pie make a product that's sugar-free it is definitely not sugar-free it's, <laughs> I, it's basically I, a sugar bomb but, I, I knew they had that obviously but i didn't know if they had uh another alternative because well, here's here's something's great though no trans fat mm-hmm. in a moon pie i actually looked for myself the other day because i wondered i was like okay how healthy are these and so i looked and there's no <laughs> trans fat so that's good and bonus points one gram of protein one gram one gram so it, it's something you know i talked with um tori from the chattanooga bakery on our uh, scout on chattanooga extra that came out a couple weeks ago and he said that a few years ago when the low fat craze was getting huge again they actually tried making low fat moon pies and come to find out people didn't want low fat moon pies they just wanted a better portion control and that's what the mini moon pie came out of and that's why the mini moon pies are so popular because you can have a little taste of home and a little sweetness at only 110 calories for a moon pie Mm. and they said no matter what flavor it is 110 calories of any mini moon pie that you consume and gosh we sound like such moon pie fanboys right now (laughs) Uh, but i'll add to that and say something else we learned from tori Mm -hmm. is that moon pie was originally created for hard work and blue collar americans who needed a lunch that's right that they could take easily with them and it wouldn't take a lot of time and that's why moon pie was created mm-hmm. not the mini ones but so moon pie in general. the moon pie in general a little trivia for you guys what year was the moon pie created 1917 oh my goodness did you get that right mm-hmm. that was quick yeah <laughs> that's wow. a man that knows the about chattanooga bakery was actually around before that they were making over a hundred different products but none of it was selling really well for them so the sales guy was up in kentucky and said 
uh, ask just a, a coal miner that was outside of a general store back then. There weren't grocery stores. And ask a guy, what can we do that you would actually buy? And the guy goes, I need something because there's no grocery stores down in a coal mine. You know, I need something as big as the moon that'll last me all day. And they came back and some people were dipping their graham crackers that they were making into marshmallow that had been sitting on a windowsill. They were dipping it and eating it. And that is what birthed the moon pie. So another (laughs) trivia. They were already doing it in the factories. They just weren't selling it. Moon pie, Kyle. Is moon pies, is that, are they only sold in the United States or are they international? He said that they're sold in all 50 states, but I don't know about internationally. Hmm. But you can buy them on Amazon, so... I'd say they're international if you can buy them on Amazon, right? Yeah. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Interesting. man. This is, I'm just, and I know I'm excited about Moon Pies too, but Sean, I am really impressed. Like, you asked that question and Kyle's like, 1917. He knows like he's got it. Like he's just you, so y'all know, it does say it on the plastic package <laughs> that encases the moon pie. It says since 1917 on it. I think, and Kyle, I've ate a lot of them over the last few weeks. I, I, so. I was gonna say that's a man that uh, has had one in his hand quite a bit. I think. I think Cupmaster Kyle may be trying to get on. Are you trying to be the new host of Jeopardy? They don't have a. I don't know host yet, right? They no, I couldn't say all the so fancy you, words. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I have lived in. Chattanooga my whole life, and I have still not had a moon pie yet. Why didn't we bring some with us today? You know, we were literally just at the uh, scout uh, office uh, before uh, we uh, came two, over here. Two outstanding scout men that wear the fancy uniforms. You would think they would come in the studio with my moon pies in their hands. Well, I tell you what, <laughs> Pack Three One Seven Seven is going to be su- selling at Elder's Ace Hardware this weekend. You can come Which pick one, some though? up in Ringgold. In Ringgold, yeah. Hmm. So we'll see you this Saturday. <laughs> That's not very convenient for me, but maybe I can make it down there. Hey, your daughters live down that way, so well she she drives now. So well, then tell uh, her know. to stop by and buy you some. <laughs> there you go. That's, That's a delegation. Point. That's a leadership skill. <laughs> yeah, That's, yeah. That's some true. of our Cub Scouts learn that right now. Yeah. You know, they're working on leadership selling the Moon Pies. So before we have to head to a break, uh, how long is Moon Pies going to going to be on sale? And you already shared with us Elder's Ace Hardware, Kyle, but for those that maybe live in Hickson or Soddy or wherever, how can they also take advantage? Well, I mean, Elder's Ace Hardware, they're all over our 11 county footprint that we have. I think there's 13 different Elder's Ace Hardware. So all of people, them sell. Yeah. And all, oh, okay. there'll, be, um, there'll be units out front of those for the next couple of weekends selling them. But people are also booking their own show and sales at different farmers markets um, my unit is even booked one at bass pro here in a couple weeks we're going to be at a low so people are going to be kind of all over the place but then you can also just reach out to your local scout unit and say hey i want to buy some moon pies and you have until the end of october to be able to do so and we can connect you cherokeeareabsa.com mm-hmm. is where if you don't know what your local unit is mm-hmm. you can go there there's a moon pie page and there should be some contact info so we can help connect people. And I've actually been doing that. Had, I was walking around my neighborhood the other morning, and this this wonderful couple who's always sitting on the front porch drinking coffee in the morning, they stopped me, and they know like, I'm the Boy Scout guy. They're like, hey, you got any of those moon pies? And I said, nope, but I'll find a scout. You so. keep them in your pocket? <laughs> no. <laughs> are, are moon pies okay to freeze and eat them months down the road? I think you know? so. The shelf life, it sounds bad. This is not helping my uh, 
trying to make it appear healthy for you, Sean. <laughs> uh, but I believe the shelf life is is quite long. Okay. Like yeah. 100 days or so. I, I didn't know if uh, somebody could purchase some now and they wanted to have some around Christmas holidays. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, because we're even do. selling holiday tins as well. Like you can get a nice little festive holiday tin as part of what we're selling. So, yeah, they make great uh, Christmas presents. All right, cool. There you yeah. Go. Yeah, good idea. Hey, also, these are the freshest moon pies. I, unlike you, Sean, have had a moon pie before, and I have had <laughs> moon pies that are better and moon pies that aren't. But let me tell you, these moon pies, they're like like fresh out your mama's kitchen. Yeah, they fresh, literally like. make them days before our units come and pick them up. So I think it was the day before. So the, Was it? Yeah. It was wow. Super so quick. sometimes moon pies are great and sometimes they aren't. I would think they're always the same. Well, I, mean, well, I think I towards think, the end of the shelf life. <laughs> let's, let's explain. You know, my first district uh, for the Boy Scouts uh, was the Crossville, you know, Cumberland, Fentress, Pickett, Roan counties up on the upper cumberland yeah and i think i had a, a moon pie from like an old general store in jamestown once gotcha i don't think it was um pulled off the shelf in time <laughs> Too i don't think it that was moon pie's fault <laughs> I, don't, I don't think it was moon pie's fault <laughs> oh goodness um, well uh jared we've got a, another great guest lined up for today uh if you would sort of preview our guests please sir. i'd be happy to uh we're thrilled to welcome mark mcknight mark is an eagle scout and is the current CEO of Reflection Riding, which for those of you who are close to Chattanooga know, is an excellent uh, nature place. Mm-hmm. That sounds really bad. I'm saying, Kyle, help me out. What is what is Reflection Riding? You know, I mean, it's I. just a cool like nature reserve. I would call it just a area to kind of get out away from the city for a little bit and spend some time. And um, they also have on uh, staff naturalists and other types of conservation related employees and Mm -hmm. so they do uh, native species plant sales they do a lot of different stuff so it'll be really interesting to see and to hear from mark and hear what they've got going on as well as to hear about how maybe some of his uh, scouting background prepared him for that role all right that all sounds great it's time for us to take a quick break for jared pickens cubmaster kyle I'm Sean Whitfield, and more Scout on Chattanooga to come after this brief message. We'll be back with more. This is Scout on Chattanooga, the podcast. At the Boy Scouts of America, our oath remains. A scout pledges to be kind, helpful, and brave. We're committed to providing a safe and welcoming environment where scouts can establish the foundations of character that will last a lifetime. Our approach ensures the Boy Scouts of America is building the youth of today into the leaders we'll turn to tomorrow. The Boy Scouts of America. Building character is in our nature. Visit scouting.org to learn more about scouting. My name is Kathleen, and I'm a Cub Scout. I'm here to talk to you today about becoming a Cub Scout like me. Cub Scouts get badges for doing fun activities, and we make friends. Scouts go camping, climbing, fishing, and swimming together. We have fun, we play sports, and go to parades. Scouts also help people and become the best versions of themselves. Visit BeAScout.org to find a pack near you. Now back to Scout on Chattanooga. As we continue Scout on Chattanooga, I am Sean Whitfield along with Jared Pickens and Cubmaster Kyle. We've got a guest joining us here today, and it is my pleasure to introduce him, and his name is Mark McKnight, CEO 
of Reflection Writing. Good afternoon, Mark. Hey, thanks for having me. You're quite welcome. And I understand that uh, you have a history in scouting. And uh, is it Eagle Scout that uh, you had achieved? Yes, that's correct. I'm an Eagle Scout from Troop 33 in Raleigh, North Carolina. Okay. Well, before we uh, get into the details of your history with scouting, CEO of Reflection Riding. I've heard of Reflection Riding most of my life being a native of the Chattanooga area. For those out there listening uh, that may not know much about Reflection Riding, can you give us a brief overview, please? Sure. We are a nature center and about a 300-acre, uh, basically a preserve for people to enjoy inside of the city limits of Chattanooga. So a very uh, kind of unusual thing to have that much land that's protected in a very quick drive from anywhere you find yourself in the Chattanooga region. And we, what that means essentially is we have uh, school buses coming in in the morning, going through environmental programs. We have a native plant nursery where we sell plants to the community, um, basically all year round, more or less. And then, uh, and then we do all the, the kind of things that you would expect from a nature center where we're doing classes on uh, the flora and fauna of this area and teaching people about, uh, specifically about some of the things like the endangered red wolf, which we are breeding in captivity. And uh, we also have a collection of animals that are not releasable that we take into classrooms and, and use for education purposes as well. So it's, it's a lot of fun. <laughs> There's a lot going on. Yeah, it's a lot more interesting than what I do as CEO of the Boy Scouts because he gets to work with animals. I, I just have to work with people. Well, we have a bunch of volunteers. We might be animals to you. <laughs> Different kind of animals. Oh, no. We're, you're going to hear that. No, it's funny. I grew up in Dade County, which is not very far away from reflection riding at all, and I remember taking many, many field trips there as a kid in elementary school coming at least once, twice a year we would be mm-hmm. there at the Nature Center. and just kind of hang out and get to learn a little bit and being a cub scout at that point in time as well i, I feel like i learned a lot back in the day well i just went <laughs> i just went for the first time mark um was it la- last week, week yeah before? not too long it's been a couple weeks I and I, I made a very poor choice i, I wore a short and t- a shirt and tie <laughs> and it, it happened to be a little warm as as it is and so uh by the time we made it indoors, I think I was sweating through about three of my shirts. But uh, I, I don't think, think we ruined your shoes. Though. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think everybody probably saw that you were there. Yeah. They did. Yeah. And it was really, um, I tell you, man, it was absolutely beautiful and really interesting to hear about, you know, the native plant. Um, and I, I think something that a lot of people I've interacted with don't know is you can actually purchase native plants year round. You don't have to wait for the sale. Yeah, yeah, that's a new thing. We, we for about thirty three years, we had two plant sales a year, one in the spring, one in the fall. And if you missed them, you missed them. Mm-hmm. And we heard a lot of feedback, and we're able to kind of adjust our operations. And and then of course, COVID forced some of this. We went online for a pre sale, and then ultimately ended up opening Tuesday through Saturday throughout the growing season. And then we're working also with uh, with members and people in the in the trade. So if you're a landscape architect or a, a builder, and you're looking for plants even in the off season we can figure out how to do that for you mark for those that are listening out there and they're saying okay what is native plants describe what that's what those are yeah that's a great question why do native plants matter what 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 is different between a native plant and non-native plant and for us we all we talk about something the the concept is biodiversity from the ground up so if you plant plants that evolved in this chattanooga region you are providing food uh shelter and, and all the things that are needed by the the insects and then the birds that eat those insects 
and the birds that eat the fruit from the different flowering uh, and and fruiting trees and bushes and all that. And you're just you're you're reestablishing a food web that is uh, that that evolved over a very very long period of time to mm-hmm. to be in this region. And so uh, what you see as you start to make this transition and you start to take things like uh, uh, well, for example, we're doing a lot of grass ran, grassland restoration where we'll take what was just Bermuda grass and we'll start moving that into uh, more flowering uh, plants, pollination, pollinator plants. You start to see bees, birds, butterflies, and, and everything kind of comes back. And, and of course, we're working at it. It's, it's inter- interesting because we're working from the top down as well. So we talk about that biodiversity from the bottom up, but we're also, we have an apex predator in that red wolf that I was talking about that is, it's missing from the landscape. Uh, we hope to get it back out into the wild eventually. But we're kind of working from from all different angles of this problem of, of kind of reestablishing uh, that cycle of life, and of course that cycle that we all depend on. We we depend every breath and every drink of water uh, depends on clean air, clean water, and the, the services that are provided to us by that really fascinating web of biodiversity. Can I ask a question? Sure. So I've wondered about this, and and I, I'm asking this because I. Mark's actually already told me the answer to this question, but it's so fascinating because when I, I moved, know the answer. That's good. when I moved to town, <laughs> I was like, people were like, oh, reflection writing, reflection writing, reflection writing. And uh, I thought it was something completely different than what it is. And when I met Mark, I was like, hey, tell me what, what's the deal? What does this mean? Reflection writing? Where did it come from? Yeah, so it's a funny name. And we do have to always say we're not a riding center. We are not. Uh, I mean, you can ride bikes, but we, we don't have horseback riding. Uh, a riding in the sense in which the place was named was a 17th century English landscape architecture term for a large landscape where you would, uh, at the time, you would be riding in a horse and buggy around this property. But when it opened in the 50s to the well, mid 40s, early 50s to the general public, you would the concept was that you would drive around in a car. And actually, there there was no staff. The the uh, native plant thing had not started uh, it was more just a scenic place and so you would go mm-hmm. drive through see the azaleas blooming see some wildflowers on the side of the road and then on the honor system they asked that you would put a dollar in the bucket on your way out and uh, and that, that's what it was it was just sort of a drive-through so it's evolved quite a bit and the addition of the nature center the addition of the animals and then the the uh, movement of that native plant production and greenhouse nursery side of things that all kind of came later is there a charge to visit any part of the reflection writing yeah great question we are going to ask you for i always like to say this we're going to ask you for money because we require uh funding to survive a lot like uh any of the other nonprofits around here so we ask for 15 dollars a car as a parking fee and then we're going to ask you to join as a member so that you can come whenever you want and get involved in our events and everything uh with that said we want it to be accessible to anyone so that that ask is voluntary and then we also do have a membership card at our local public library so if you um even if you just want to try it out um you know there's no there's no like complicated paperwork or anything like that uh just go stop by your public library get a member card come come join us for some of our events but you are a non-profit organization we are a non-profit we exist uh, as, as i always like to say um at the service of this community and and we do have a lot of earned income so we are selling at this point, we're over six figures in our native plant nursery business, so it's a 
it's a decent business. We also uh, have a lot of support from the schools and and other uh, like homeschool groups that come out and mm-hmm. use our facilities. So, so there's there's plenty of earned income, but what allows us to move forward and add and, and kind of add to that experience and, and really pursue the restoration work that we do on site, that's all coming from philanthropy and from members. So I kind of want to know what brought you to Chattanooga because you're from Raleigh, I remember. Yeah, mo- spent most of my time in Raleigh before I moved here. And I actually went to school in Hampton, Sydney, Virginia. Uh, my RA, who became a good friend, actually went to Alpine Camp in Mintown, Alabama, mm-hmm. which is about, you know, it's the same mountain. It's all lookout. Lookout yeah. goes all the way through Georgia into Alabama. Sometimes I say that, and I was like, I first came to look out in Alabama and people look at me sideways, but uh, there's there's a plenty of lookout to go around. There's a lot of lookout <laughs> so, out yeah. there. So about 45 minutes down the plateau, uh, there's this amazing little town, Mentone, Alabama, and I I knew I wanted to spend time outside, and I needed money to get through college. So those two things came together, and I was recruited to come out and, and work as a camp counselor, and it was fantastic because you get room and board. And I got to sleep actually above in this little cabin above a waterfall. So every night I'm falling asleep to the sound of a waterfall. It's wow. just amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, I would never would have left if that didn't tell me I'd leave. But <laughs> <laughs> at a certain point, like summer's over, um, go back to school. <laughs> but you know, room and board, and then you leave with an actual check. So it's unlike you know going if I had gone to Richmond or something to work with my buddies at a restaurant or something, I'd be paying. Mm-hmm you know, whatever, uh, paying rent and eating out and all that kind of stuff and probably wouldn't have made it through summer with any cash. So I had cash in hand and I had a fantastic experience and, and I knew in through that experience, I knew that I wanted to, uh, spend time outside of course, but, but also help other people connect with the outdoors. Mm -hmm. And that's what led me to have a conversation with Dawson Wheeler, who we were just talking about, um, last time I was in this room was on his podcast and, started talking to Dawson actually about opening an outdoor store and I had a, a friend of mine that was interested in doing something like that as well and we were kind of working through what does that look like and how do you get started and Dawson basically just said that's dumb <laughs> you know there are plenty of outdoor stores already mm-hmm. and in fact uh, mine's already successful you should go work you know it doesn't have to be for me but you should go work for somebody that's already got it figured out learn the business and then there's a whole generation of people retiring that you, you can buy them out in another 15, 20 years. So that was the plan from the time I left college was, and I went, I did take that a job ultimately with Dawson, went to Rock Creek, grew that, and uh, was on the on the road to a management buyout there. Ultimately ended up starting another company inside of my office at Reflection Riding, which was called Roots Rated, which is about where to go outdoors. And that was kind of taken off. So as I was in that buyout situation with Dawson, ended up jumping full-time to Reflection Riding, getting out of the rock creek thing and then uh did that for a couple years and then uh ended up i knew i wanted to do something else i didn't know kind of what was next and again dawson called me and he said hey i'm on the board at this organization it needs some vision for the future and it needs to make a, a tough transition and uh i want you to come take a look at it and long story short that's what i'm doing now so hmm. i've been doing that for about four years Wow, that's great a great story. Great yeah. story. Do you um, do you th- kind of take a look back at your scouting career as as being some of the first times that you were able to get out in the outdoors and maybe 
um, that along with your time spent at camp was was what really just where you found your passion for nature. Yeah, and and thanks for bringing it back <laughs> because I, I did kind of skip that because you were you know talking about how I got to Chattanooga, but mm-hmm. I was certainly predisposed to the outdoors because of all the time that I spent in Boy Scouts. Mine was a very urban troop, and mm-hmm. uh, and we've talked about this before with Jared. Uh, we were not the troop that would send a huge number of kids out to uh, Philmont every summer mm-hmm. or um, you know we weren't going to the Smokies which now I know what I was missing at the time but uh, <laughs> but you know we, we were but we were frequently out at the state parks in North Carolina and, and some of the places that were not far from Raleigh mm-hmm. uh, spending time you know getting those merit badges and, and uh, just having a good time and, and I that, those are definitely some of my earliest memories just being outside uh at and i can't remember the name of the camp but there was a camp that we went to that was not far away that we we always spent at least a week usually more than that in a in a typical year mm-hmm. um at that camp and i just remember i mean raleigh if you know the area it's all pine trees and pine straw it was it was kind of fun to see i think i was drawn to the mountains um in part because of that biodiversity i was talking about earlier um but, but those are and, and then I spent a ton of time in my front yard for us it was the front yard was where the uh, the woods were but I spent a lot of time in the front yard tracking deer and just kind of exploring see what seeing what was out there you know this was all pre-cell phones so. did you get uh, <laughs> I remember those times yeah uh, did you get started as a Cub Scout or did you get in as a Scouts BSA uh, how old were you when yeah you, when it was you came uh, it was Cub Scouts and I don't actually remember exactly when that was but i I remember uh, i was recruited through it was one of those events that you guys go to where you're in the gym and it's like all the different things that you could do Mm -hmm. and you go kind of talk to different people and uh talk to whoever was there from the scout troop and we ended up starting one i think it was pretty new because i I was in a part of raleigh that was growing really fast it was a new school um so it it was the whole you know, it was kind of setting the whole thing up from scratch and then ended up going to a, a for the Boy Scout troop was a the opposite. It was very old. Uh, mm-hmm. It was one of the first troops in North Carolina. And uh, yeah, and, and I, I remember my dad told me and this kept me all the way through to Eagle through some of the times when you, you know, you want to quit mm-hmm. <laughs> because it's easier to quit. And uh, but my dad told me at the very beginning, he said, do you really want to do this? And I said, yeah. And he said, so are you going to see it all the way through? And to <laughs> me, that meant Eagle mm-hmm. from, you know, whatever. I'll have to figure out what age that was. But as a very, you know, as a very young boy. And and I said, yeah, if I'm going to start it. I want to do it. I'm going to finish it. And and I had that in the back of my head where I uh, felt like I had to finish it. Well, from one Eagle to another, congratulations on that. Thank you. Um yeah. I know that I have very, very vivid, like fond memories of my time in Cub Scouts and in in the Scouts BSA. Is there like really just one time that just sticks out to you more than any other time of you getting out and get to go do scouty things? Um, yeah, I, and I, like I said, I wish I could remember the name of this camp. I should have looked it up before I came in. But my first time in a tent at all you know, sleeping outside. It was one of those tents that are, they're kind of semi-permanent where you have the, the camping platform mm-hmm. and then it's the old school. Uh, I call them green army tents. Is yeah, what it's I an call army them. tent. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And big canvas thing, you mm-hmm. know. And uh, 
I don't think I slept the first night probably at <laughs> all. I mean, like I said, I was an urban kid, you know, so that was that was the first real kind of uh, oh, you're gonna hear bugs and you might have some on you every once in a while, mm-hmm. and you know. Um, but then you wake up in the morning and and our scoutmaster was always cooking. We had this whole cooking trailer, you mm-hmm. know, and had the pop up sides where you, you pulled out all the the stoves and everything. I mean, it and it was it was great and. We just had a great time. Is there, um, I don't know if I've asked this question to anybody else, but is there a tool that you either uh, learn to use in scouts or that you still use today? <laughs> and what is it? Uh, so knife skills are really important. And uh, I actually have this triangular scar where I cut all the way down to the, my bone. <laughs> Uh-oh. And Uh-oh. You know, we talk a lot because we... I, we educate children, obviously, too, and we talk a lot about risk versus hazards. And I think one of the things you have to do is you have to learn how to use the tools. Mm-hmm. And knives are tricky. You know, getting that whittling thing down and and figuring out how to control that knife is tricky. And actually, I'm about to turn forty. I just bought myself went ahead and preemptively bought myself a birthday present because you know I know what I want. <laughs> <laughs> so I got a really nice knife from Japan. Oh, uh, nice! And it's actually an ancient manufacturer that used to make samurai swords they don't sell as many of those anymore as you can imagine mm-hmm. so they've shifted more towards culinary art but uh but I, I still i use a knife every day i love to cook i love you know I, I never did get into carving as much as my like my, i had a great uncle that carved constantly you go to his house and he'd have like a hundred things uh up on the wall and he'd always let me take something home with him um never got into that that side of it as much but I, but i did learn how to use a knife so despite some so the so the other question I have is that as you reflect back because I mean you have I mean we've talked numerous times about the biodiversity that happens in nature naturally that maybe we want to bring back you have a lot of diversity in your career path and the things you've done um, and you know when I think about Boy Scouts I think about kind of jack of all trades and you certainly epitomize that so if there are scouts or families listening right now. Uh, what would you say to them? Do you have a message that you'd like to convey to them coming from an Eagle Scout who's been through this incredibly diverse uh, trail and then here's where you're at right now at Reflection Writing? Yeah, go to those merit badge days. (laughs) 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 Um, You know, one of the things that's interesting about being a scout and pursuing those badges is that you, you have an excuse to call almost anybody and ask for their time or their expertise. And I think about, uh, because we're in a studio, this brings us back. And this is one of the, this is actually one of those memories I had forgotten about, but uh, I call, there was the rock DJ in uh, Raleigh. And you know, it's, Raleigh's a big market. Like this guy's a famous dude. Mm-hmm. And I wanted the merit badge. I don't remember what it was, probably broadcasting or something like that. They probably have something fancier now because there's so many, but, uh, and it, and it, it seems implausible, but I think I just, I guess we just called because we didn't have email. I think I just called and I said, hey, I'm trying to get my merit badge for whatever and uh, can I come see fill in the blank? I don't remember his name now either. <laughs> but mm-hmm. they said, yeah, come on. And I got into a studio with a guy that, you know, I'm like, I hear you on the radio all the time. And uh, and that was a pretty spectacular thing. And, and I think if you have a, a kid that's willing to do it and, and I was all about it. I mean, I wanted to get all of them, 
know, and I was just naturally interested in so many different things. But the, it gives you an opportunity to kind of see what is this like? What is this like? What is this profession like? What is this? What is the? What is botany about? Um, what? What are all these different things? And 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 also, it's you understand what you're not good at. I mean, there were ones that I really struggled with and skills that I. I you just realize you're like you can't be good at everything mm-hmm. <laughs> because I've tried a lot of different things and and there are some professions that I took off the list through that merit badge process too. So I think yeah, go to go use that opportunity to to, to kind of um, explore other people's expertise. Mark, you've got a fascinating story. Thank you so much for coming in and sharing it with us. For those that are listening that would like to get more information about uh, reflection writing or possibly follow you on social media, how can they uh, do both of those? Sure. Reflectionwriting.org. I always like to say it's riding like riding a bike. Uh, So reflectionwriting.org. And I always recommend that people get onto our email newsletter, which is just reflectionwriting.org slash news. And that'll tell you all the cool stuff that's coming up. And then uh, me personally, I'm not super active on social media, but I do post every once in a while on Instagram at McKnight Marketing. All right. Well, Mark, thank you so much for coming in and sharing your story. Absolutely. Mark McKnight, CEO of Reflection Riding. It is time for a quick break for Jared Pickens, Cubmaster Kyle. I'm Sean Whitfield and more Scout on Chattanooga to come after this brief message. We'll be back with more. This is Scout on Chattanooga, the podcast. There are lots of ways to be a kid. My way is to take a road that's not easy. So it's a good thing I'm an adventurer. That's why I'm going to be a Cub Scout, because scouting will guide me to really big things. It will teach me to navigate the woods with confidence and to navigate the world with confidence, too. Scouting will show me a kid who is brave, trustworthy, loyal, and kind. A kid who is always prepared. A kid who is me. So scout me in. For more than 100 years, the Order of the Arrow has recognized scouts and scout leaders who best exemplify the scout oath and law in their daily lives. Arrow men are known for maintaining camping traditions and spirit and for providing cheerful service to others. OA service, activities, adventures, and training for youth and adults are models of quality leadership, development, and programming that enrich and help to extend scouting to America's youth. For more info on the OA and scouting in our area, Visit CherokeeAreaBSA.com. And now, Scout on Chattanooga's Campfire Conversation. A sit-down with a real-life scout with an incredible story. All right, and welcome into this edition of the Campfire Conversation here on Scout on Chattanooga. Cubmaster Kyle, as well as as Jared Pickens with us, and uh, from Troop 1020, we have Miss Giovanna Diapice with us. How are you doing, Giovanna? I'm doing great. How old are you, can I ask? I'm 14. But you have done some really incredible things. But before we get into those, I want to hear uh, how many years that you've been in Scouts and what rank are you right now? I've been in Scouts for about a year and a half now, and I am a first class Scout. First class. Wow. So how many summer camps have you have you got to go to one summer camp so far, I take it? No. <laughs> oh, you actually haven't. That's right, because you've gotten to do cool awesome stuff that we have got to hear about 
The first one I want to ask you about is you recently got to go out to Philmont over the summer. Is that correct? Yes, sir. So can you tell us a little bit about that? What was your expectations going into it? Were you nervous? Do you think that you prepared correctly for it? Well, I think we were all kind of nervous about it since most of us, it was our first time going besides, I think, three people. Um, But we did do practice hikes along the way and got harder as it went. And I think we prepared ourselves pretty nicely and we did it with a great attitude. And I think we were fully prepared and got what we expected. Do you think that because Philmont is out in Cimarron, New Mexico, right? So do you think that the um, the elevation change from our area compared to that was a bit of a struggle or was it something that you think you were prepared for as well? Well, we did go out for a week before trip in Colorado and we got kind of used to the elevation there. Um, we were having some headaches when we first arrived from the airport, but after my second day, we were back to normal. And by the time we got to Philmont, we were perfectly fine. I got you. So how many days were you out on a trek at Philmont? 12 days. 12 days. Is there one, probably one particular um, just memory that that you think that you'll just kind of hold on to your whole life from that trip? Just maybe it was uh, getting to the top of Baldy. Did you get to go to Baldy? We did. You did. Is there one memory that just kind of sticks out to you more than anything over that 12 days of your trip? I think it was just getting on top of Baldy since we had just been looking for it for a majority of our trip since it was right in the middle. And I think it was a nice, like we had just bonded all the way up to the top of the mountain. We all made it up there together. We didn't pass each other. We were all talking and got to really know each other. By the time we got up there, it was just a big thing of relief. And we all had just a, such a great time. Did you go with your troop or was it with um, tr- troops uh, or people from other troops as well? People from other troops. We had about like, everyone from a different troop come in and have a new film crew. Do you think that you've made some lifelong friends uh, after I that trip? Yeah, I definitely did. Going on a 12 day trek uh, with somebody you can uh, feel like you can become friends really quickly <laughs> with them. Can't you? <laughs> <laughs> definitely. So let me ask you this. What do you think was the hardest part of your trip? Um, Probably not expecting the actual mileage we did. Um, we thought we were going to do way less and ended up doubling our mileage. We weren't really prepared for that when we found out at the end of how much we actually did. But I mean, it was still a great accomplishment. Wow. Do you remember how many miles you went? Um, we were supposed to do 55 and did 110. Wow. <laughs> so that's a, y'all were you did 100. It. Hold on. Hold on. <laughs> I haven't talked. I haven't talked much yet, but you're going to get me talking. You hiked 110 miles. Yes, sir. And in how many days is that, Giovanna? Uh, 12 days. In 12 days. Come, Master Kyle, I don't know that I hike nine miles a day in my normal life. Like just walking around, much less up a mountain. Even at summer camp, if I get six miles in a day, I'm doing good. And just at summer camp. So nine miles a day, that's pretty incredible with a lot of elevation changes and like living, living in the woods, having to reset up your stuff every single day. So, so Giovanna, I've got another question. It's a little bit uh, more off topic. Uh, We've actually talked to uh, several people before about some of their outdoor experiences and, you know, some of the things they've encountered and thank you for sharing those stories. But what I'm interested in is you're 14 years old. You hiked 110 miles. 
tell us about your favorite couple pieces of equipment you took with you. Um, I feel like my backpack is probably my number one favorite because I really struggled getting a backpack along with my hip belt with getting it to fit. Very hard struggle for me and getting a backpack that had water bottle holders and things on the outside that I could just stuff in there if I forgot to put it in my backpack. And it was a very nice thing to have that I had things that I could just put in there at the last minute, maybe like a jacket that I took off. So I feel like that was my favorite thing to have. What kind of uh, equipment did you use to cook each night? And did y'all cook as a group or did everybody cook individually? It depended. Um, We actually mixed up our meals as we went because they gave us um, mountain house meals when we were at dry camps. So we switched around our food. So sometimes we would do like the two pot method or we would use our just stoves and then cook our own food. You mentioned the feeling of going up Mount Baldy and getting to the top. Did you actually say anything when you got up there? Do you remember what your your first thing that came to mind was? Um, I think it was just like that we made it because we had spent, I think, seven hours climbing Baldy and we made it before our brother or sister crew. So I feel like that was a pretty nice thing since they had beat us every single day to a different camp. So it was kind of nice to know that we beat them and um, that we all just made it up there together and got to have lunch and have a nice evening where we could just relax. Giovanna, when when did you actually feel the urge to be a scout? You've talked a little bit about your scouting experiences, but I'd like to hear a little bit more about when was that first moment where you were like, hey, this is something I really would be interested in doing and why? Well, I was in Girl Scouts for, I think, three days. And we did nothing like we did in Boy Scouts. I just wanted to do what my brothers did, which was like camping and backpacking and doing things in the outdoors. And they did not do that at all. And so when I got to go along with my brothers, it was kind of, oh, I want to do that because Girl Scouts is nothing like Boy Scouts. So it was kind of nice to have a different change of pace and be able to do something that my brothers did and just to be able to do all the things we did and get to do it together. So obviously, uh, prior to going on your trek at Philmont, that was a huge goal of yours to get prepared and train and, and complete that successfully. Do you have any goals now after you've come back that aren't Philmont related? Well, the two other adventure bases I do want to go to is Northern Tier and Sea Base, which I'm planning to go to Sea Base again next year uh, with my brother. And northern tier hopefully next winter do you have any goals in your local unit or anything you want to get done locally or in rank advancement or anything like that for rank advancement i'm working on getting star and hopefully i will have that done um around november hopefully what's been your favorite merit badge that you've worked on so far probably kayaking or climbing that was probably my favorite and why would uh kayaking and climbing be your favorite Is that something that you found a passion for maybe when you were younger or something that you learned that you enjoyed while you were working on the merit badge? Um, Both. I used to go kayaking a lot when I was younger since we lived by a pond. So we got to go fishing in our kayaks. And so doing the merit badge was just really simple and fun. And then just an easy merit badge. And I climbed a lot when I was younger and got to go to high point a lot. And so doing the climbing climbing merit badge was fun, beating other people to the top of the wall. Oh, okay. (laughs) What has been, what has been one of the hardest merit badge that you worked on? And it can, it can be one that you're still currently working on or one that you've completed hardest one that you, 
you feel like um, you've just kind of pushed through and you're going to make it through it? Probably citizenship in the world. Um, I had to take that one, I think, twice. So it was kind of hard to do it a second time and just redo all the things that I had to do since they didn't take it in the first time. Well, and all of the citizenship merit badges are really in depth with just uh, learning our place in the community, in the in the global community. So I applaud you for going back and, and fighting through that one to get it for sure. So not only have you been working on merit badges, you're working on another rank, you've been to Philmont. But I also hear that you've already been to NYLT. Is that correct? Yes. Wow. Can you tell us about that experience? What? Hold on. Before we do, what is a NILT? It's National <laughs> Leadership Training. National Youth Leadership Training? Yes, sir. That sounds, that sounds like a big deal. Yeah. So tell us all about that. Um, well, we got to each listen to some presentations. We even got little cards about it. And they really just helped us there to become a better leader in our troop and to take on the leadership roles that have been passed down from older scouts. And so we can take on bigger roles in our troop and then teach them the skills that we learned there about just how to like handle situations better and how to communicate better and just have fun the correct way. I can see that you're also, by looking at your uniform, a member of the Order of the Arrow Lodge here in the local area. Can you tell us um, what it's like receiving that honor? It was pretty great considering the weekend that we had was really tough since it rained the entire time. So it's kind of nice to be able to be there and get your little dash thingy and your lodge flap. And it was a really nice thing to be able to go through that. And just to, I had a really great time. And so it was nice just getting in and getting to go back in the spring to get brotherhood. In, in everything that you've talked about, like you truly love and live everything that is about Scouts BSA. Am I getting that from all of this? Yes. If there was a, a girl out there that was listening and she said, I don't know, their name is literally the Boy Scouts of America. I don't know that I should be joining an organization like this. Is there some words that you can give that that person that that may help encourage them to be a part of the scouts BSA and maybe, maybe a female troop here in our area and get involved? Um, just that it's not only just about merit badges and wearing a uniform about that. It's just more than stuff than outdoors. You get to learn nice life skills and it's a very enjoyable thing and it keeps up my time and I get to make tons of new friends and have so many memorable things that I will never forget. And that I can be able to say that I've, gone to the top of Baldy and stuff that people normally can't do since they're not in scouts and so I think it's really cool to be able to do things like that I know people in my school who've never even hiked before so I think it's pretty cool that I can do that and they can't <laughs> so if there were people who aren't in scouts right now what would you say to them about scouting I'd say just join because it is Probably my favorite thing to do outside of school is just be able to go on camping trips almost every single weekend and being able to go backpacking and things. It's so enjoyable to be able to be out there and to hike up your mileage. And it's so incredible. Mom, do you have anything to add? So yep. I would just to say more to somebody who is on the fence about whether they should join or not. I've, I've had two boys who are in scouts and I've got Giovanna and, and just the opportunity to go to a scout meeting, see what's it about and, and find what they enjoy to do. But there's so much that scout offers 
besides outdoor activities, if that's not your thing, there's so many other things to get involved in, but it really is about friendships and it's about the opportunity to experience things that you maybe not don't have a chance with your family or at school. So I, I'm just such a big fan of, of getting out there and just having new experiences, finding something that you really enjoy that you may end up doing for the rest of your life. And, and the friendships that I see that she's developed, that my sons have developed, that I've developed with adult leaders who are involved in Scouts, I know that I'll have the rest of my life. So I would just really encourage everyone Get involved in some way. Adults who are listening, scouts who are listening, you know, it is just such a great opportunity right now to, to do something good for your child. Get them off electronics, get them into something different, and I highly encourage it. All right, to Giovanna and also Elisa for joining us today on the Campfire Conversation. To both of you, we truly appreciate your time, and we wish you all the success possible in the world of Scouts BSA. Thank y'all. Thank you. For more Scouting Spotlights or to get your son or daughter involved in Scouting, go to CherokeeAreaBSA.com. Now back with the final word, here's Sean Whitfield, Jared Pickens, and Cupmaster Kyle. As we continue Scout on Chattanooga, I am Sean Whitfield along with Jared Pickens and Cubmaster Kyle. Gentlemen, uh, what a great conversation with uh, Mark McKnight. I learned a lot about reflection riding. I grew up in Northwest Georgia in Walker County and lived in Chattanooga the last 25, 30 years. And there was a lot that I did not know even living here my entire life. Mm-hmm. And I loved uh, hearing him talk about all the different merit badges that he took as a as a kid, too, and a Scouts BSA member, because a lot of people don't realize that that's where a lot of Eagle Scouts and a lot of Scouts in general have found their career paths, because there's so many different things that you can try with all the merit badges. I think it's like 130 something merit badges that you that are offered in scouts bsa for people to to get so Mm -hmm. just a huge opportunity to just find your passion yeah i think that's awesome yeah and i love what they're doing mark didn't talk a whole lot about it because we really didn't give him a chance to but you know they kind of have this very forward-thinking vision of things they're going to do and implement and ways that they want to develop infrastructure at reflection writing and i love this idea that we're going to have an even better place to learn about local species of plants, native plants, the biodiversity that's there. And we didn't really do a good job describing it, but Reflection Writing is located at the foot of Lookout Mountain mm-hmm. right there on, um, is it Lookout Creek? The locals call that Lookout Valley. Okay. That Thank area. You. Thank you. There you go. It's Tiftonia. right there. and um, <laughs> It's the Tiftonia Lookout Valley area. Well, and there's just so many things you could talk about. Like when I went out and toured, you know, they've got one of the only water level um, monitoring systems that's actually used by, I think it's the National Park Service. And he showed me and it automatically like transmits via radio the water levels there. And they use that to help monitor the region. And so there's just all kinds wow. of really interesting. It's just it's lots of science. You know, mm-hmm. it's not just like, hey, here's a park. All That's good stuff. Cool. Jared, we've just got a few minutes left. Is there uh, any uh, t- top stories or hot topics that we need to uh, share with our listeners? Well, I think that um, it's just incredible to see the excitement for scouting 
you know, we talked a few months ago about, hey, fall is coming, fall is coming, and things are going to happen. Uh, summer is really exciting because a lot of our scouts go to summer camp. Fall is really exciting because that's when they get back into local scouting. And so if you can imagine 11 counties, we have almost 90 units, which is a troop or a Cub Scout pack in 11 counties. If you could imagine every Monday or Tuesday night, one of those almost 90 groups is meeting near you. And they're talking about the things that Mark said. They're doing the things that Mark did, um, learning the merit badges that that Kyle just talked about. Mm -hmm. And so if you think about that, hey, somewhere close to me, there's 20 or 30 kids that are that are learning these things and and they're reciting the Pledge of Allegiance, they're reciting the Scout and Law, they're learning how to be trustworthy, loyal, helpful. This is when it starts for them. Mm-hmm. And it'll crescendo towards the end of the year when they go back to summer camp again. That's kind of the cycle. And so there's just a lot of excitement uh, where, where new families are joining every day, which is also exciting uh, despite um, the uh, Delta variant of the COVID-19 pandemic um, really having a lot of effect here in the Chattanooga area, as I think you both know. So it's really exciting to see those activities happen, happen safely, and people participate and start their scouting journey together. And uh, for those that want to get more information online, where can they do that? I'm going to punt to Cub Master Kyle this time. CherokeeAreaBSA.com. Nice. And you can also just Google Scout Me In and go by your zip code, and it'll pop up where your unit is located. So. That's right. Yep, BeAScout.org. And we encourage people to uh, check out the Scout on Chattanooga Facebook page and like it, and there will be information that's there on a regular basis plus don't forget about the extra that just came out a few weeks ago where we talk a little bit more about moon pies yeah what a great extra that was <laughs> i thought that was awesome. that was I really had, good i really had some fun with that one yeah thank you for doing those no hey i think we so so something we talked about a couple times too but we haven't really implemented is we really want to know who in town would you guys our listeners like for us to interview or to have on the podcast we mm-hmm. really would like to know that um kyle how can they tell you who they want well there's a super easy way to message us on the scout on chattanooga facebook page okay there you go just click that message button and it'll come right here to cub master kyle i'll be able to uh, answer you and we can take those suggestions that'd be cool because i mean i'm sure there are people out there that you guys would really be interested in hearing from that we might be able to get on the show anybody except greg lee that guy I, I've got a suggestion. Let's see if he's listening. <laughs> yeah. Let's see if I, I get a phone I, call. I've got a suggestion. I would love for Mrs. Pickens to be on the podcast. Oh man! Oh my goodness! And and <laughs> that'd be uh, fantastic. That way we could get to know Jared even better. We could have a significant others edition, and we could yeah. uh, interview Kim. And uh, I, I'm okay, sure my wonderful has wife legs. would come on. That has legs. <laughs> we could, we could <laughs> let Valentine's them interview Day, us and see how that happens. Valentine's Day 2022, uh-huh. we'll have to do uh, a special <laughs> a edition, edition. Because there's no way Ashley's going to come in here you know, just with us. But if Kim oh, we can here, get him on the phone. We can get yeah, him on the hotline. That, we could do that. And Cherish, too. Oh man, she'd probably kill me. Well, now you know how me and now you know how me and Sean feel. <laughs> oh, but I, I think that would be uh, very educational to get to know Jared a little bit better. Because Jared, you're you're still you're still you're still. I was waiting on Kyle on that one. I was, you you've only been in Chattanooga one year. <laughs> No, okay. so, All right. Let the so, record show that insane laugh is is 
come master kyle not uh jared you know how you you see how excited kyle is about the idea no i love it i mean i've gotten to know jared over the last year i mean what we talk like every day or every other day especially here lately and uh and I think that Jared is a great guy, and I think that that you're leading the our council in, in into great big steps. And I truly appreciate your leadership. So, and I would love to. You and know, this hear is a being little bit more about your personal record. Life. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's very kind. <laughs> Thank you. There's a lot. There's a lot we still need to do. You're one year uh, in, brother. Yeah, one year. And uh, join us next month for our extra where we roast Jared. Uh, <laughs> we we are out of time, but uh, Kyle, any final words? Uh, you know what? We ended it with our campfire this past weekend while we were camping. And I know everybody's heard it, but I want to say it again. I want to say may the great scoutmaster of all scoutmasters be with you until we meet again. Amen. All right. Jared, any final words? Nope. Nope. <laughs> Him's done. How am I gonna how am I gonna top the great scoutmaster? Well, I, I just wanted to give you that opportunity. <laughs> see if there was anything you had to say. But that's good. You you've you've done a great job today. It's it's been an enjoyable podcast. I've had a good time. All right, uh, that's gonna do it for this edition of Scout on Chattanooga. Go to the Scout on Chattanooga Facebook page for any suggestions and comments about today's podcast. Click on the subscribe button at your favorite podcast platform for all future podcasts. For Jared Pickens and Cubmaster Kyle, I'm Sean Whitfield. Thank you for listening. This has been another episode of Scout on Chattanooga, presented by the Cherokee Area Council BSA. To learn more about scouting in the Tennessee Valley, join a unit, or donate and become a friend of scouting, visit CherokeeAreaBSA.org. And be sure to join us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And use the hashtag TNGAScouts to stay up to date with the youth leaders in our area.